Here's Elliott side by side down the back stretch. Chastain in turn one drives it in deep to the bottom. Problems along the front stretch. Kyle Larson gets sideways. He's young. He's informed. He's J.C. Fickenshire. And it's time now to raise the door on J.C.'s Garage. Welcome to J.C.'s Garage. I'm J.C. Fickenshire, joined by David Stiles. A.J. Allmendinger holds off William Byron, gets his first win of the year. Um, we we talked about it going into this race. Could a non-playoff driver contend? And there were a couple, couple that uh, that contended, but nobody really had anything for A.J. at the end of the race. Uh, William Byron... Um, I talked to him after the race. I was down in the garage, and uh, he pretty much just said he he just got taught how to drive a road course race running behind AJ Allmendinger. AJ Allmendinger just uh, probably the best road course driver in the NASCAR Cup Series uh, throughout every generation of car Xfinity Cup. Um, the the guy's pretty much unbeatable when it comes to a road course on Xfinity Series. Um, and he's got now two wins in the Cup Series with colleague on road courses. Um, and and I think this one was deserved for him. He's showed up at the road courses, just hasn't gotten the car to get it all the way there. And uh, this day, they, they had a really good car and uh, were able to hold off William Byron, who's been the best driver all year round. AJ's last win, Indianapolis Road Course, 2021. So it's been a couple of years for the dinger to get into victory lane. And I I think that the emotions that he had after he got out of the car, he assumed the lead with about 14-something laps to go. They had a little bit of a caution. They ran a few laps under yellow, and then it was a mad dash, about a six, seven-lap shootout for the end of the race, and he was perfect. I mean, no flaws whatsoever, maintained distance. William Byron charged high, hard a few couple of times, and it just it didn't amount to anything. It didn't matter. But I almost feel like Kyle Busch, who was restarting in the second position, he had he had to win. I mean, Bush had to win to advance. And he did everything he could to try to get close enough within striking distance. And you almost have to think that Byron may have been told Kyle Bush cannot win this race because if he does, that would have knocked Kyle Larson out of the playoffs. And now that the points have reset. Kyle Larson's actually in the championship four. He's, you know, about 20-something points behind his teammate, William Byron. But if Kyle Busch would have been able to get around A.J. Allmendinger or put a fender on him on one of those restarts and ended up winning the race in that eight machine, Kyle Larson probably would be out of these playoffs and Kyle Busch would be in the playoffs currently. So, big win for A.J. Love it. He, very emotional when he got out of the car. But... Coulda, shoulda, woulda for Kyle Busch. Yeah, I I think all the playoff drivers who needed to show up showed up in a way, but a couple of them had their problems. Bubba Wallace qualified really good, qualified fourth, and, and was running probably his best road course race of his career until he uh, got in an incident on the backstretch, missed the chicane, had to uh, come down pit road and, and make a pass through, or I think he stopped on the front stretch. But either way, he lost... All of his positions, he dropped from 11th place down to 30th. He still ended up finishing 16th, which is is really good recovery from that that uh, penalty he occurred on the backstretch. But again, running a great race, needed a good race, but kind of fell apart for him. Kyle Busch, he he had a good race going, but you know when when you need to win a race, 
there's a lot that has to go right for you, um, especially a road course race against some of the drivers who were up at the front of this this pack. He finished third um, and, and showed speed for for the most of the third stage. But uh, I think the biggest one we look at is Tyler Reddick. Qualified on pole, won the first stage, and managed a really good race. Knocked out Brad Kozlowski. He's now sitting inside uh, the round of eight. He's going to be racing these next three races for a shot in the championship four. And uh, I think he's got a good path uh, with these next three races. Uh, I think with Homestead and Las Vegas, that that 45 car is going to be really scary to uh, fight up against. Well, and then a couple other people played the point strategy because we had these stage breaks back into this race for the first time this year on a road course. And I thought that Chastain and Keselowski and Kyle Busch, they were on the points. They were like, we're going to try to get points. And so they did in the first stage, and then that made them pit kind of after that first caution, and that kind of mired them back in the pack. And we saw it all day. It was really hard for these cars to go up and pass one another. Now, if you had a better car than the person in front of you, you were able to kind of maintain the distance and then make a move and get around them, kind of like we saw Chase Elliott do a couple mm-hmm. of times through the course of this race. But once they got strung out, whoever was leading and they had the clean air and if their car was set up for a long run, they were really, really good. Because we saw a couple of times Kyle Bush, he was leading, but his car was set up for more of a short run car. And then when we got into those longer periods of green flag laps, his car would deteriorate and then he would end up getting caught and passed. So it was kind of one of those instances where if you were in the front, those front five or six could kind of maintain their positions within one another. But then once the long, the run got a little bit longer, they kind of got strung out and the leader was the leader and you weren't going to go up there and chase them down unless they absolutely made a dire mistake. So a few of those guys in the bottom, they did the point strategy and didn't really pay off for them because then they couldn't drive back up through the field. And Chastain even finished in 10th. Mm-hmm. but it just it just wasn't enough. He was down too many points at one point, and I think when it reshuffled, Kyle Busch was, I think, 40-something points behind, and Martin Truex Jr., who was kind of lackluster all day running around, I think he finished in the top 15 or right outside the top 15, was nowhere to be seen, but yet he still somehow, <laughs> he somehow transfers over. So it's one of those weird things where they, they tried to cash in on the points, and it just didn't pay off for him. Yeah, and... And that's the tricky thing about this track, the Roval. Um, it, it's it's not easy to pass even when you have a faster car because of how the runs with turn one and two and turns three and four on the big track um, play such a big role into the passing zones because you look for those deep, hard braking zones and there's really only two of them, one on the back stretch and one on the front stretch. There's some sl- the the infield section, the start of it, turn one and two is it's a slower section, but it's pretty narrow, so it's hard to go for a pass there. But if you're battling a guy like when watching William Byron try and catch AJ Allmendinger uh, on that final run, AJ was super super good on the infield section and getting off uh, the infield section and onto the NASCAR turns. And uh, that's what made it so hard for William Byron to pass because I thought AJ was better in the braking zones, but William Byron was smoother all around the track and a little bit better than AJ when it came to getting onto the big track. But because AJ Allmendinger could create that space in the braking zones, it really gave William Byron no shot to catch up and make 
a, a run out of pa- pass or even get to AJ's bumper in that entire run. So uh, I think like the clean air, it's king at, at pretty much every track we go to, uh, especially the road courses. But it's super technical when it comes to a track like this where you have the the infield section that's super slow and technical. And then you have the outside of the track, which you have super fast straightaways and then super deep, slow breaking zones into chicanes, uh, which I, I think when Ross Chastain and uh, Brad Kozlowski, they go for the points and then they get set back and they're back in the pack and have to restart. And the new restart zone, instead of going through the dog leg of the uh, oval, they go through the chicane and that kind of strings out everything. It, it's really hard for them to make passes and get up through the field. And uh, I, I think that playing the points game for Brad Kozlowski probably was the safe play because he, he had the buffer. But then again, Tyler Reddick, who we knew kind of going into this race was going to be really hard to hold off. Um, he he had a great race and that kind of killed Kozlowski. But um, I think Ross Chastain playing the points game, I, I don't really think that was the right play. I think they should have gone for the win and uh, should have gone kind of what Kyle Busch was doing, even though they were only 11 points out of the cut line. I think they, they should have played for the win. Yeah, and kind of going back to what you were saying about the passing zones, for me watching it from the PRN booth, it seemed like after they got out of turns one, two, and three, and then we have this big right-hander going back to set up for four, five, six, you could really maintain a lot of speed because you're able to come off of turn three into four, and then they would get kind of bunched back up, and you were completely right. Once AJ got out of five, six, seven, and back up onto the oval racing surface, he was just able to set sail and take off, and Byron really couldn't keep up with him, even though he had shrunk the lead basically down to almost touching his back bumper coming out of five and six. It's just AJ was so much better once he got onto that portion of the track. And that's kind of where we saw Chase Elliott take the lead in that second stage to win the second stage is he was able to close that distance in that middle part of the infield. And then when he came back up on the track, he just dove to the inside and that was all she wrote. So there are a few little passing zones on there, but if you really couldn't outbreak the car behind you, or if you're, you know, outbreaking the car in front of you, you weren't going to be able to kind of overtake another car without them making a mistake. So for me, I, I like this race. I hope the Roval continues on. I think it's probably one of the the most interesting racetracks that we have on the circuit because you you kind of have to you can't really set your car up for one thing or another. It kind of has to be kind of in the middle, I mm-hmm. think, so that you're good all around and not just okay, we're good on the you know the bank surface. No, we're going to be better on the flat surface, and it it really shows that we have some of the best technical drivers, I think, in the world. Because, I mean, we saw Mike Rockenfella in a, in a car this weekend, and he was pretty much, you know, not Absolutely. in the greatest equipment, but he really wasn't making a splash at all. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think AJ winning this race is just a nod to his prowess, but also it shows that we do have some really good road course racers in the NASCAR circuit in the Cup Series. Yeah, and, and this track, the, the, posi- the position it's in, being a cutoff race, and it going to be a cutoff race next year as well. Um, I, I think that's the most exciting part about it is because we've seen it the past couple of years. Um, last year, Christopher Bell coming back from 40 points out, more than that, needed to win, comes to the Roval, wins the race. 
Uh, this year, A.J. Allmendinger wins a, a non-playoff driver, but a, a road course ringer, we call him. Uh, but Tyler Reddick, who's outside the cutoff line, nowhere near as far back as Christopher Bell was, but he he was outside the cutoff line, and he made his way through. And, uh, and now Tyler Reddick is in front of Christopher Bell and Ryan Blaney after the point reset, going to a round that he should be pretty good at. And, and that's what I'm excited to watch is these next three races going to Homestead, going to Las Vegas, and going to Martinsville. With the drivers that we have left, I, I think all of these guys could win at any of these racetracks. I think um, the the one lone uh, guy who I'm still kind of questionable about is Ryan Blaney. One at Talladega has a little bit of momentum going with him. I just got to see a little bit more from the Penske cars to make a decision if he's going to be good enough to compete with everybody else. But, I mean... We got some really, really talented drivers in this uh, round of eight, and I think all of them are going to be really good at these next three tracks. So before we dive into what we think will happen here in this next round, where would you rate the Roval on our scale so far? And I mean, me, I thought it was a good race. I thought there was a lot of drama. There was a lot of action. Kyle Busch, A.J. Allmendinger on the restarts late in the race, very aggressive. We saw people become overly aggressive cause a, a few cautions daniel suarez and a few others uh, michael mcdowell he had a pretty rough day he got banged up but it to me i think it just bred a lot of drama and denny hamlin even crashed out he clinched early in the race and if he had not have done that he would have been in a lot of trouble because he finished dead last and so th to me i thought it was a good race and and i like this track so i'm going to give it probably Around what we gave Talladega last week, I think this is probably around that 8-3, mark. And to me, I thought it was good. I thought the drama was high, and how can you not like a cutoff race? Yeah, I, I agree. I think this race, it's super dramatic, very chaotic, a lot, lot of things happen in it. The uh, first two first two stages were, were pretty good. No cautions, though, pretty pretty smooth running for them. Uh, but we got to that third stage, and... Uh, Everybody went for every position that they could get. And, uh, and I think that's what you want to see from a cutoff race is these guys go for points in the first half of the race. And then that, that final stretch comes along and they're they're like, oh, we, we got to get up here and uh, get some points or else we're out of it. And we saw it. All the guys who were below the cutoff line, there, there were points in that race where it was like oh maybe this guy might make up a couple points and and point his way in or maybe Kyle Busch might win this race if something happens between William Byron and AJ Allmendinger so um I think the race was really good I agree with you I, I think I'm gonna rate it right around Talladega uh I, I think it's like an eight three eight four I like it I, to me I just like the road courses <laughs> I, I hope the package gets better in the future uh, I mean the mile and a halves have been shockingly good this year i mean mm -hmm. very good racing the super speedways have been very good racing um hopefully they work on this next gen car in the off season and make the short track road course package a little bit better because in the previous generation of car and we've talked about this before the short tracks and the road courses were so good i mean the mm -hmm. racing was so aggressive and so uh parodied that you know everyone was kind of running together and you had people that would go up to the front and then go back. So you had the comers and goers. And so now we're seeing that more in the mile and a half type area. And the good thing is, is that this next round is <laughs> we have a short track at Martinsville, but we are going to have kind of a, a 
a little bit of a bigger than 1.5 mile with the Homestead track, and then we have Las Vegas. And Las Vegas has been churning out good races for the past couple of years. I mean, ever since the next-gen cars come along, Las Vegas has been a great race both in the spring and in the fall. And so I'm really looking forward to this weekend. And I think that this really lines up well for the person sitting in eighth place in the playoffs. I think the Penske cars have been very, very good at Las Vegas. And Ryan Blaney has just kind of been hanging on. It's like, I'm going to do just enough to kind of get in. And then he wins at Talladega. And he's like, nah, I don't have to worry about this Roval at all. And he's just been kind of buying his time. So I think that you're right. I think he has a lot of momentum. He could go into Vegas and be very, very good. But we've also got to look at who has been very good this year on the mile and a half as well. And that's Kyle Larson, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr. Those guys have been pretty solid as well. And all four of those guys are currently above the cut line. Yeah, I think this round is going to be really tight between all eight drivers. Um, those those front four who are above the bubble, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex, and William Byron, they've they've all been good pretty much everywhere we've gone. Uh, and I'm going to say I think Kyle Larson, uh, between him and William Byron, are, are the two strongest in the pack right now. Kyle Larson has been very, very good through this playoff. Uh, uh, through the 2023 playoffs, pretty much every race he's had a good car, but some of the races he's gotten into it with uh, an, an accident or a late caution comes out and he uh, doesn't win the race. But I, I think Kyle Larson has been arguably the fastest car all year round alongside of William Byron. And then Martin Truex and Denny Hamlin, those Toyotas have been really good, um, really, really good on the intermediates. And then Chris Buescher, late late in the season, he's turned it on and he's been super consistent ever since his first win this year at Richmond. And uh, I think he's going to be super competitive at these next three tracks. We got a short track. He's wanted a short track this year. We've got an intermediate. They've been very, very consistent there all year round. So we got two different intermediates, one we haven't seen this year and one we've seen earlier in the season with Las Vegas. And then Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, both really smooth drivers. Tyler Reddick, I think he's got the the skill to go out to Las Vegas and Homestead and win both of those races. I think with him and Kyle Larson, it kind of suits their driving style. Uh, when we look at Las Vegas, normally a hot and slick track, multiple grooves of racing. That's kind of where Tyler Reddick uh, succeeds the most at. It's there in the road courses. And Homestead is, is probably Kyle Larson's and Tyler Reddick's best track, if not one of them up there at the top. Christopher Bell, again, he's smooth. He He's pretty much good anywhere we're going to go. Um, really consistent driver. And then Ryan Blaney, the Penske cars have been here and there, but Las Vegas, Joey Logano is very good at Las Vegas, and Penske always seems to bring a really fast car there. And then Martinsville. I think uh, Martinsville could be a shot that Ryan Blaney sneaks in and, and could win that race as well. So I, I think these next three races, we're going to cut it down to four drivers, but all eight of these guys have a shot, and uh, I, I think it's going to be really close when we uh, look at it in three weeks at Martinsville. Just like any playoff system, once you get down to about eight, you know, eight teams, there are no more bad teams anymore. Mm -hmm. Like These guys are the best eight drivers right now in the sport, I think. You could make that argument. Um and these teams are going to put everything they have 
into these eight cars. And then the top four out of these eight are going to move on. So if you look into your crystal ball, I'm going to ask you to kind of predict a little bit. If you look into your crystal ball, before we enter Las Vegas, who do you think the championship four will be? I I think that Tyler Reddick is going to sneak his way in, whether it's a win or whether it's on points. That that cushion has kind of elevated him back up a little bit, um, going to some tracks that I think he'll be really, really good at with Homestead and Las Vegas. I think he'll get in. Kyle Larson, he's been great everywhere we've gone this year. He just hasn't gotten the luck when it comes down to those last 15, 20 laps to uh, finish it out. I think with Homestead and Las Vegas coming up, he could snag a win with one of those, and he's going to get points either way. I think he's in. William Byron and Denny Hamlin, I think those guys have been really consistent. I I don't see Martin Truex being able to, to hold out of this round. He's been pretty inconsistent throughout this uh, playoff run, and uh, I think this is where everybody, uh, the the next four drivers that are going to advance are going to go pretty much mistake-free through the next three races, and that's what it's going to take. And, and I haven't seen that from Martin Truex's team. Uh, I don't think that uh, that they're going to be able to, to to compete with those four drivers that I just named and uh, hold off the consistency. So for me, I think that out of that bottom four, you have Chris Buescher, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney. Blaney's just kind of been buying his time. I think he's been sneaky consistent. He hasn't really been talked a lot about. He could be good at Las Vegas. I don't know if he's going to be good enough to advance. Christopher Bell last year, he had some magic somewhere. He had a lucky horseshoe, rabbit's foot. He was able to take the pressure and do exactly what he needed to do. He was in must-win situations and cut off races a couple of different times. He won at the Roval, and then he won at Homestead and was able to advance, or excuse me, Martinsville, and was able to advance onto the championship four. So if I'm looking at this, I think the biggest question mark for me is between Kyle Larson and Tyler Reddick. I think one of those two car make, you know, one of those two guys make it. The other one does not. Because I think that it's going to come down to whoever wins that homestead race. And they're both really good there. I I could see actually probably Byron or Denny Hamlin winning at Las Vegas. I think both of those cars are pretty solid. I could see Chris Busher winning at Martinsville. He's been pretty solid on the short tracks. So if if that happens, I think Byron has a big enough cushion. I think he's going to automatically make it in. They've been too consistent all year. So I'm going to say Byron as my number one slot. I think Chris Busher will win at Martinsville, so I'm going to go ahead and put him at number two. And then I think you're right. I think Truex has just kind of been holding on by his fingernails, and he's been way unto, you know, the consistency is just not there. So I think he falls out. I think Chris Busher moves up. Like I said, he wins. And then Denny Hamlin. I think he'll make it. I think this is, mm-hmm. he's going to make it back to the championship four. I think he's going to have an opportunity to run for a championship. I think all of this negative energy that he has amassed and all the booze, I think it's just fueling him and he's going to have a pretty good run. So I've, I've, I don't know who's going to take the fourth spot. I think it's either Larson or Reddick. I think one of those two cars will win at Homestead and then that will allow them to get in. So I think Busher moves up, Truex moves down. Yeah. Uh, a lot to to really think about, and it could change very quickly uh, at Las Vegas. Say one of these guys has a problem and goes into a must-win situation 
after Las Vegas, everything could flip-flop. You could be talking about a guy like uh, William Byron needing a win to, to advance. Who knows? Anything can really happen. I mean, we saw it a number of years ago when Dover mm-hmm. was still in the playoffs and Jimmy Johnson, perennial powerhouse at Dover, had a five part, a $5 part break. Mm-hmm. Championship run over. I mean, it, it could happen. Yeah. It's not out of the realm of possibilities. It's uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch, but uh, I think the biggest news that we saw over this week was uh, 2024 schedule announcement. Um, been in the works for a while, but finally got it announced. Um, and, and a lot of changes to different races, new races in the playoffs, new tracks. Um, I, I think that next year, it, it's pretty similar to what we have right now, but some things are moved around. We're going to have two road courses in the playoffs next year, two super speedway races. If you count Atlanta as a little super speedway, which I would consider it, it's, it's got that style. It's got that package. Um, and, and then the start of the years is going to be one of the most interesting things. We're going to go to the clash and then we're going to go over to Daytona and then we're going to move on up to Atlanta and go back to back super speedway racing, which I, I think is going to be really interesting to watch. Um, but, but, Multiple road courses in the playoffs, uh, multiple super speedways in the playoffs, just going to cause more chaos for everyone who's in the playoffs. Uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on the new schedule and uh, what you think about it. Well, you also have Atlanta starting the play- the playoffs. Yeah. So starting it off with a super speedway. I think the schedule change is good. Um, I like the addition of the Iowa race in the middle of June. And then we also have to remember that this is a year for the Olympics and NBC mm-hmm. covers the Olympics. So we'll have a stretch kind of at the end of July through the beginning of August for about two weeks where there will be no racing. We'll have two weeks in a row off, so that'll that'll be different. So with that two-week break, we'll start the season, and then we're going to go racing every weekend up until about the middle of July. And then we'll have a two-week break, and then we'll start racing again. I think it's the 16th of August, mm-hmm. and we will go all the way from the 16th of August through the end of the season. So it is going to be two marathons with a two-week break in the middle of it, yeah. which I'm extremely excited for. I think it's going to be a great season. I do like uh, the two super speedways to start the year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, let's face it, the Daytona 500 is the Super Bowl of the sport. I yeah. technically don't think I can say that because of copyright <laughs> infringements, but it's it's our biggest race of the year. And to me, I think it's great to start the season off that way, but it just – kind of wraps everything up in a bow at the beginning and it doesn't really lend to what will happen for the rest of the year because he, we even saw it this year. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won the Daytona 500, struggled really hard in the first round of the playoffs and then didn't make it out of the round mm-hmm. of 16. So whatever happens in that first race is not really indicative of what the rest of the season will be like. But I like this uh, changes to the 2024 schedule. I think it will be very exciting. I think the fans will be very happy. I know for PRN, we'll hit the road a lot in the first half of the season. And uh, I'm I'm excited to go back to Coda. I think that'll be another good weekend for racing. Um, I really like that track. So a lot of exciting things happening, and it'll be here before we know it. I mean, this season has flown by. Yeah, um, I I think the biggest biggest news out of it track-wise that fans are going to be excited about North Wilkesboro being back again, uh, here to stay with the all-star race again right before the Coke 600. Uh, Indianapolis Oval, a lot of people 
asking for it back. Um, NASCAR did testing, and uh, and I think that's going to be a really good race with the package that we have with the Cup cars. Um, I, I think moving back to the Oval at Indy uh, is the the right idea because we've we've tried out the road course and it's produced some entertaining racing. But then again, it's it's also got its weak side of the things, and and we got the pretty much the most prestigious track in the United States of America with the Indianapolis Oval uh, there. Why don't we use that? And then uh, Iowa kind of subbing in for Auto Club uh, this year with the renovations going on there. Um, that'll be an interesting race. Not not really sure what to expect there. Um, it it kind of could be like a Richmond, a little bit bigger, kind of pretty fast for a, a short track. And uh, we'll see cup cars on there for the first time this summer. Um, but, but yeah, we're going to have a really exciting season next year. A lot of chaos uh, with how Atlanta's moved around, uh, starting the playoffs off and being the second race into the season right after Daytona. So I, I think I think we got a better lineup of tracks and, and how it's configured in the year than we have had this year. Uh, but we still got four races left. Um, and I think it's time to pick a driver for this Las Vegas race. Oh, so you were going to go ahead and pick. I wanted to ask you this before we pick, mm -hmm. though. Since they're going back to the Oval, does that lessen or cheapen the wins by Michael McDowell, A.J. Allmendinger for winning at the road course? I just wanted to get your opinion on that. No, I, I don't think it does because the the Indy road course, even though it isn't the Oval and, and doesn't have the the prestige that the the oval has with the Indy 500 and and the other races they've run there I, I still think you've won at Indianapolis you've beat everyone in the NASCAR Cup Series field there none of those drivers uh have changed the the severity of how hard it is to win at Indy on a road course so I think both Michael McDowell and AJ Allmendinger winning at Indy um, just as impressive as winning the Indy 500 or winning on the Oval in a NASCAR there. I like it. I agree. I don't think it cheapens their win or devalues it in any way. They still won at the most, like you said, most prestigious racetrack here in North America. So it's pretty cool. You still get to kiss the bricks. You still get to dump milk on your head if that's what you want to do, I guess. But uh, for me, I, I think it's really cool that we're going to run the Oval again. I think that it should be that way. I yeah. think if you're going to run at Indy, you should run on the Oval. Now, as far as picking someone for Las Vegas, we've thrown a bunch of names out. I think that these eight drivers that we have, I think one of those will be the driver to win. And I think I'm going to double down and pick the most consistent driver we've had all season. I think William Byron starts off this round of uh, eight. He comes out, wins at Las Vegas, punches his ticket into the championship four and just solidifies himself as being the number one dog right now out of these top yeah. eight drivers. I To me, I think that's a safe pick, but I just see that happening. He mm -hmm. Second place last week here at Charlotte, and then he won at Fort Worth a couple of weeks ago in Texas. So, I mean, it. he's he's he, just been really good all season. I, it's hard to pick against him. And, I, and again, I'm doubling down because at the beginning of the year – on Fast Talk, they asked me, who's going to have a breakout season? And I said William Byron. So I'm still planting my flag on his car and saying, it's this guy. He's going to have the, a good year, and I think he could end up winning the championship. Yeah, that that's who I was going to pick um, if I could have chosen first. Um, finished first at, at, at Texas two weeks ago, second at Talladega, 
second at the Roval. Uh, he's been the most consistent driver all year round. It's You can't debate it. He's he's coming into his own as a super talented driver, kind of building his own name for himself in the Hendrick camp, and, uh, and tons of wins this year, super consistent. He's a great pick for Las Vegas. But now that I can't take him... I like Tyler Reddick. I I think he's going to be good at Homestead, but Las Vegas is is a track that the Toyotas have showed up the past couple of years. They haven't won every race, but they've been super, super good at Las Vegas towards the end of it. I, I think Tyler Reddick has been super solid all year round. Both the 2311 cars through the playoffs were really consistent. Even Bubba Wallace, Bubba Wallace, even though he didn't make it into this round, Got a little unlucky at the Roval after having probably his career run at a road course. Um, I think Tyler Reddick has the skills to do it at Las Vegas. Suits his driving style. They're going to bring a fast car. I think Tyler Reddick gets it done. I like it. If I'm going to pick someone that's not a playoff driver, I think Chastain. I, I like that. I, I think Chastain, he's been sneaky good all year round, but uh, the one win at Nashville didn't really build a ton of momentum off of it. Um, but he, he had, he was consistent in the playoffs, just not good enough, needed that Talladega run, uh, that, that went wrong and he got into the wall and that day ended early. If he got through that race and he had a really fast car during it, who knows where he would be after the Roval. Uh, he could be in this round. He could have knocked out a guy like Tyler Reddick. Yeah. If, if he didn't but, get into, so since trouble. I picked a non-playoff driver, who do you think non-playoff driver wise Good pick for this weekend. I I think uh I think the Penske cars are going to be good. I I think Joey Logano is a solid pick, but uh I think Chase Elliott he's due. Mm. He's been running good. You've talked about it. You've picked him a couple times the past couple weeks. He's he's starting to get more consistent as we got four races left. I, I think if a non playoff driver is going to win, I think Chase Elliott's going to be up there with one of them. I like it. I like both of those. Going out west again for uh. One of my favorite racetracks, actually. Well, really, really good racing has really come into its own the past couple of years as as one of the best tracks in NASCAR. Not going to be the last time we make our way out west to the desert. Phoenix is is going to be our final race, but uh, this this race for these eight drivers this could punch their ticket into going to Phoenix and racing for a championship. So uh, a really big race to kick off the round of eight and and a track that. Pretty much all eight of these drivers can win at. Um, Going to be really interesting this weekend. Thanks, David, for joining me. I'm JC Fickenshire, and thanks for stopping by the garage.